Hey everyone, welcome back to A Journey Through the Gospels with the Catholic Forge. This is Eric, and still joined, he's not disappeared into the ether yet. Uh, Lucas is over there, and in this episode, we are reflecting on Matthew 15, verses 21 through 39. Lucas, please. Of course. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. And he answered, I was only sent. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. And Jesus went on from there and passed along the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them. And so that the throng wondered, when they saw the dumb speaking, the maimed whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get bread enough in the desert to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves have you? And they said, Seven, and a few small fish. And commanding the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. Those who ate were four thousand men, besides women and children. And sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. Thank you for Mm -hmm. (laughs) reading so well. I think that is the longest single passage we've had on the show so far. Um, Again, with apologies, you know, if if I didn't cram all these things together, we just never get to the end. Yep. And so you'd have to do the um, New Test the Gospels in two years. <laughs> well, it's going to take longer than a year anyway. It was called a year in the Gospels, but then I when I I mean I laid it all out and it was like it was like you know twenty or thirty verse sections and per per episode, and I was like, we cannot. I mean, one episode for. You know, for the resurrection, and what, and that's like, so we have been taking multiple, anyway, okay. right? The, <laughs> anyway. the yearish, so, yeah, I think it'll a be a year ish like, like, in the gospels, like 12 to 14 months. I don't know, anyway. So, thanks for thanks for listening. <laughs> I, I really like what the disciples say up there toward the top of, of where you started reading that uh, the Canaanite woman comes, and okay, so first of all. Ver, measure, ver, measure. This is not music. Verse twenty-three. <laughs> measure twenty-three. <laughs> Let's sing One, the gospels two, together. <laughs> it says, but he did not answer her a word. 
And then, you know, four verses later, then Jesus answered her. Oh, mm-hmm. well, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to get into it with your disciples first whereas this possessed woman who not only calls you Lord but son of David, a Canaanite woman calls you son of David. You, mm-hmm. you can't be bothered to just you know, little things like this uh, drive me nuts, but also keep me really engaged in the content, wondering what is this about, you know? Uh, but without going too far into that, I actually wanted to to mention, and you know, with a little bit of humor, uh, kind of their complaint, you know, send her away. She's crying after yeah. us. You know, well, we, we can't focus she, uh, on what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah. I can't close my office door, Jesus. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's the idea that I mean, because we've we've been we've been hearing. I know it kind of goes to the wayside. But we've been hearing all throughout these last two or three, four chapters of crowds following him around, and so here's a woman who has been with him for a while, coming from the the region of Canaan, and here she is you know, begging of the disciples to help her. And I jokingly say that this is a perfect picture of parish ministry, of church ministry, when people are always begging at you for something or other. And Jesus rebukes them. You know, he he puts them in their place because apparently from what Matthew gives us, they've not extended compassion to her. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, immediately following the transfiguration, we hear about, the uh, the man who brings his son to the disciples and they can't drive out the demon, uh, so at least in that case they tr- they tried, but we don't even get that here. They just beg Jesus to get rid of her, um, and and that also is a picture of Christian life. And I can I can specifically speak to life in the church, but also the Christian life where someone nags you or something is nagging at you mm-hmm. and you. Just want Jesus to get rid of it. Oh, enough, please. They won't leave me alone. <laughs> I, I just I want to mention uh, I, I work with someone, and this person's job is to confront and speak with and enter into conversation with the people who come to our facility, to our campus, looking for help. And uh, because of where our church is positioned, geographically speaking, it's near the freeway um, and it's big and really obvious and it's not hidden whatsoever. A lot of people come into this building and and this coworker is who they speak with. You know, we're looking for assistance for whatever it is. And when I was reading this, I was struck reflecting on this person, Lucas, because I've never heard them say this, mm-hmm. you know, send them away enough, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what a model. And I, I don't want to reveal this person's identity, uh, just, you know, for, out of respect for them. I did not ask them if I could tell this story or mention them on the podcast. Uh, if they're listening though, you know, it's you yeah. <laughs> definitely, um, you know who you are, but they have been such an inspiration to me because day after day, even today, um, you know, we eat lunch together and we we play a, a little dice game. Not like gambling. It's not like that. It's just, just a fun little game that we all play together. And then we go back to work. And today, it was getting toward the end of the game and it was really exciting. And this couple came in and this person had to leave the game. You know, la- 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 laughing and we're talking and, you know, conversing. And it would have been so easy for them to say, oh, just send him away. 
you know, tell them I'm not here. Just close the door, lock the door. But no, they they responded. Um, just as Jesus does respond, yes, to uh, to the demoniac. Um, so shout out to that person and thank you for that example that propels me beyond myself to respond to people as much and as often and as quickly as possible to make myself accessible, um, not for myself, but so that the people can come into contact with Jesus through me. I think, I think in, in this passage, Jesus is, is showing, of course, continuing the master comment, mm-hmm. the, the master thread that we have going through that. He just is a, mm-hmm. he's a master opportunist. You know, he takes, yes. he takes every moment as an opportunity uh, and I and I think in this one it's kind of like it's an opportunity that doesn't appear to be an opportunity because Jesus is resistant at first, but I don't think he's resistant because he doesn't want to help. I think he's being resistant because he wants to almost uh, challenge her, just like he challenged the Pharisees earlier. Do you, do you really want help? Do you really want my help? Uh, mm. You know, they were not yeah. fast friends. They were not natural friends. Her being a Canaanite. <laughs> right. Him being a Hebrew, along with the disciples, I'm sure the disciples were just kind of looking to Jesus. Okay, what do you want us to do? What should we do? And they followed suit in saying, you know, just send her away. She's a nuisance. Because Jesus obviously was was leading, but he wasn't leading because he didn't want to help her. I don't believe. It doesn't say. But I just really believe that Jesus being the master opportunist, that he can, he can take any situation, and it's always an opportunity to show, do you want Jesus to help you? Are you willing to listen to Christ, to do what he's going to ask of you or to mm-hmm. to follow his path. And so it's almost yeah. like a proving, not to say, are you worthy of grace, but almost a, are you truly going to rely on me for that grace? Are you truly going yeah. to seek me? Or are you just wanting a fast heal? Are you just wanting a, right. a fast friend or a fast help? And so yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. Jesus kind of not making it you know, not making it just smooth sailing, but but kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say earn it, but making people just oh. truly push to 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 kind of give yeah. their portion, and then Jesus always makes up the rest. Yeah, we're going to talk about signs in the next episode to close out the week, and I think we'll have a lot more to say along those lines. Um, I wouldn't want to to end the call, as it were, without call. mentioning you know that we have a <laughs> yeah, yeah not yet. But uh, without mentioning that we have another massive feeding story. Yes. And it is indeed very comparable to the feeding of the 5,000 plus. And so we don't need to go into it at length. But at least to mention, as we did before, with some of the numerical symbology, um, that uh, not 12 here, but 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in its own way... Um, seven being God's number, you know, the number of completion of yep. perfection. Um, so it's it's not for nothing that Matthew gives it to us again, another massive feeding. Um, but I also think, Lucas, it, that it plays into this, this note that you have here about Jesus meeting the needs, the basic needs of people. Would you, uh, would you expand on that for us? Yeah, I think in, in both the next two sections, you know, he cured... Uh, through in verses 29 through 31, he cured people and he met their needs there. And then, of course, in the feeding of the 4,000, uh, he was, it says in both this feeding of the 4,000 and four, feeding of the 5,000 earlier that he satisfied them. You know, they weren't stuffed. They weren't 
you know, filled <laughs> sure. to the point of they're maybe they're they're like, man, I I'm not going to eat the rest of the day. It, it right. both of them say they were satisfied. So yes. I just I just sense in these miracles that Jesus is 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 one. He's in the business of 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 giving us what we need, uh, meeting our needs. And that that is almost the medium for sharing the gospel. And it's something I think we need to keep in mind as pastors, as Christians, as followers of Christ, that meeting needs of people, not just in this, these were physical needs, but I think any need, emotional needs, psychological needs, relational needs, those always need to go hand in hand with grace, go hand in hand with the gospel. It's not just about asking someone to believe in Christ as Savior and Lord, but it's about approaching them as Christ would approach them and to to satisfy their needs. And I think in in this miracle, Jesus did it perfectly, not just in the seven basketfuls that were over with, which I, I think was very interesting that there being less people, that the number of basketfuls that were left were less. They could have very well been like, yeah. oh, we have 20 basketfuls left over. Look how amazing right. God is. He can produce so yeah. much and multiply so much bread. But Jesus was economic, and he said, well, there are less people, so we need less basketfuls. And so he used the number... Yeah. Seven in that yeah. moment, so it's very interesting. But I just, I just see it as you know the the idea of satisfaction. I think is is just so important, and it and it definitely goes hand in hand with mm. with Christ and, and His grace. I love that you've really hit on that. Um, and uh, being a person, I mean, just you know, just coming right out with it, you know, being a man um, with a, as Chris Farley famously said in Tommy Boy, with a little bit of a weight problem. <laughs> uh, I know there's a di- <laughs> shout out to Chris Farley, man. Oh, of course, because <laughs> got a big shout out to him. Love he him, was man. a master, master but, uh, of his craft. Yes, yes, he was. There's no question. Um, but uh, like him, knowing more about his life, you know, I have trouble in my relationship with food, knowing when to stop, and and knowing the, 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 it, that there's there's been a replacement somewhere in my mind that the only way to feel satisfied. Is if I am to the brim stuffed, right? But then I'm reflecting on, but I still love food, and, and I, you know, I, I'm a cook, and well, what was a cook in, in another life in, in my work, and so I know the value of, um, of you know, a, a choice piece of meat, prime rib, mm. uh, not a lot of it, you know, but the quality of it is so high that no. You don't eat the same amount of it as you eat off the dollar menu at your favorite fast food. <laughs> Definitely. But, but the satisfaction overwhelms that base desire. Yeah. And so it, just as you said, I couldn't say it better in that in Jesus Christ, we find satisfaction for our souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, are we made complete? No, n- n- there is no completeness in this life. Until we are joined with Jesus face to face in heaven, <laughs> that's that, that that's how Saint Augustine began the confessions. Our souls are restless, never satisfied until we fully rest in God. But Jesus, by the gift of His body and blood, and also the grace of God that flows through Him, that is mm, sugar sweet, deep satisfaction. Um, and so, just wonderful to to see. You know that different angle on that that uh, that story that Matthew gives us here. It, again, it's just those in those little. The, the word "satisfied" was not in the other reading. I don't think, <laughs> if you can remember back 
earlier in the week, but here it is. So for sure. Amen to that. Well, thank you, Lucas. And Hey, thank you for listening to a journey through the gospels with the Catholic forge to catch the rest of our study. You can find it live on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. All of this week's episodes will post together in a long form video on YouTube on Friday. No, not a video of my face and Lucas's face, but just a image, a still image. And you may listen to our voices there. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And please join us in the next episode of our journey through the gospels.